here we go. Here we go. Ready. Cue music. Welcome to the Reimagine Podcast, a podcast that seeks to reimagine faith and life in community as we link, learn, and live together. I'm Greg English, along with Brad Hoffman and Brian Dupuy. Today, on Episode 10, we will reimagine what it looks like for guest services in and outside of the local church as we return to interaction within our communities. Welcome, everybody, to the hey. podcast. Hey. hey, hello, everybody. Hey, hey. give it up for Episode morning. 10. Yeah, What's that's it? right. That's it. There we go. Episode we 10. It. I'm... Woo! The cake is here. It's great. Yep, we've got <laughs> we've got the smell of mold in the basement. We're all good. Oh, I tell you, it's getting it's getting strong. <laughs> the humidity level today right. is really high, and yeah, uh, yeah. you can feel it in this room. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, just you know, after ten episodes, uh, a lighthearted conversation like, "What's your niche now?" As you come in, are you bringing something special? Is there something you've liked most about doing it? Do you love the sound of the microphone? You know, that you lean into. <laughs> what is it that we love that people need to know about? Oh, oh, I think you go first, man. Yeah. First. I, I have to admit that uh, I have a 1954 100% wool Richmond Virginians baseball hat, black and orange, that was the affiliation of the Baltimore Orioles, the first early on when baseball came to Richmond, and that team only existed for two years. But because I'm an Oriole fan, when I saw this Richmond Virginians team, this was the hat I had to get. So it comes from uh, Ebbets Flannels out of Seattle. 100% wool. Uh, it has a silk underbrim to it. And it's, I mean, it's like my hat, you know? Uh, it's become yeah. me. I wear it every podcast. I feel like if you're a podcasting radio or something, you know, you have to have that, that thing about you. There's a, there is a yeah. podcast look, although you can't see it, right? I got it. <laughs> yeah. It's good you can't see that. <laughs> That's yeah. right. It's good. Yeah. You so, it, you know, it's a little flat brim, not full flat brim, but it's yeah. pure yeah, yeah. wool. I mean, you know, no, people ask nice. me about it all the time. Yeah. and uh, It's so, Field of Dreams-like. Oh, yes, yeah, sir. Yeah, yeah. So, but I'm yeah. six feet away, so I can't touch it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's right. So, it's uh, you know, it's my thing. And if you remember, because uh, we've had a few bloopers, uh, I just no. couldn't get it together one morning. And finally, I, I just I took the headset off. And I, remember, Brian, I said, I put it down. Give me a minute. I rubbed the brim mm. a couple of times, <laughs> put yeah. it back on, and yeah. we rolled. It was perfect. Yeah. So for me, black and orange, yeah. Richmond, Virginians, 1954. Appling was the head coach. I mean, I can give you all that detail, yeah. but you, that's you, me. You rubbed the brim like uh, – you remember that movie, Sylvester Stallone, Over the Top, the arm wrestling movie? <laughs> yeah. when, when he wanted, like, power, he would take his hat and he'd flip it around. And he said it was like a light switch went on and – he was able to, you know, to win. Yeah, that's what it reminds so, me of. You're rubbing the brim there. <clears throat> yeah, so go. I'm thinking about uh, maybe in the uh, podcast store we we podcast put some of these store. up. Yes. Oh no, it's coming, folks. <laughs> yeah. The podcast yeah. store. Yeah. 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 Patreon. We're, we're doing the whole. We're following the the formula for a good podcast. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So we're gonna connect with you in other ways outside of the podcast. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. all right, give it up. What do you love about it? Your turn, man. Oh, boy. <laughs> You've got a hat, too, though. So you know? many things that I love about this podcast. Um, yeah, no, I, yeah, it's just, it's a good time. Like, it's genuinely a good time. Yeah. Uh, just enjoy getting together and then editing it out, all the things that we don't want you to hear. <laughs> uh, so that to you, it seems like we are well-trained podcast professionals. Is that what it is? <laughs> when in reality, I rolled when out of reality. bed about 20 minutes <laughs> ago. <a> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I, you know. I I really I enjoy this, and I think it's funny. Is it was kind of this uh, thought through the COVID piece and the crisis was about reimagining life and faith and church and that kind of stuff, and so it poured out of that. So for for me, it was 
it was kind of cool to to do something new and different. But I have really it's one of my highlights of my week, and I think I've told you guys that, and I've told my wife that, and some others that I really enjoy. I enjoy the bantering and the conversation, and I think if anything, it just it's a matter of taking a, a thirty minutes and talking about something that's relevant that where where we're at. And and maybe not giving all the answers to it, but it is at least starting the conversation that we can have the conversation someplace else down the road. And and I've seen that in others because I've had people mention what we've been talking about. So it's like, oh, you listen. That's one, yeah, one, yeah. one other person I know that's listened to this. You know, but it is it's kind of cool from that standpoint. But but I love the bannering and the time together and, and enjoy the conversation um as well and just being able to have a conversation about stuff that we need to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. I love that we're celebrating that we made it to 10 episodes. <laughs> I know, 10, 10. We weren't sure we were going to get past one, but uh, we, we made you it You left 10. me with the responsibility uh, to write this script? Yeah, that's yeah. What you get. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Uh, so, well, great. to help us celebrate today, uh, we have a special guest with us, and uh, he'll be on the podcast today, and that's our good friend Danny Franks. And Danny is the pastor of guest services at the Summit Church in Durham, North Carolina. And he's written and spoken extensively about guest services and, and people and relationships as it relates to the local church. He's the author of People Are the Mission, How Churches Can Welcome Guests Without Compromising the Gospel. But before I say hello, I do want to add that uh, Danny and I were basically housemates with our two families um, as we were in graduate school together. Uh, we raised our children uh, since they were infants. Uh, we never knew which kid was actually uh, sick, his or mine, but we tended and cared for each other in that regard. And as we were going through school, we lived the good life, we lived the bad life, we lived the funny life, and we also lived a troubled life a few times. And so I'll leave it at that. So, Danny, welcome to the Reimagine Podcast. Greg, thank you very much, uh, and uh, it's great to be with you guys. Congratulations on uh, episode number 10. Well, <laughs> we, big. we needed a special guest for our 10th episode. <laughs> that's right. That's yeah. Right. Congratulations you're to a, you. That's right. Uh, so we know you're an avid listener. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I, and I feel like you've hit the point in podcast world, you need to be advertising mattresses or something by uh, this point, right? I mean, yes. you use the code reimagine at checkout and save yeah. 10% or something like that. that? Squarespace or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> welcome to the podcast team. <laughs> yes. You now have a new role. Our guest service manager for Reimagine, Danny yeah. Franks. Absolutely. There you go. Uh, uh, so we kind of want to dive in on just kind of have the Reimagine con, uh, conversation. We'll talk about, uh, I want you to certainly talk about people are the mission uh, in the book and, and why you wrote that and, and the importance of it. And then we'll kind of talk about people are the mission as we re-engage in culture, both on and off campuses of the local church. So tell us a little bit about people are the mission. Yeah. Well, you know, the book came uh, just out, out of the the work that I've been doing um, and our team has been doing at the church for the last uh, 15 or so years, um, really just trying to get an idea for what does the church look like to those who are on the outside um, what does it look like for us to faithfully reach people, to care for people, to shepherd people well, um, to realize that when people come to us, they're not coming uh, at the same point in life that we as, as believers and church people often find ourselves in. And so we, we've got to do our due diligence to really break down barriers and to pave the road for people to be able to uh, come in uh, with with no fear um, to reduce their anxiety as quickly as we possibly can, um, and just to do all that we can to move them from the status of a 
uh, of an outsider, you know, somebody who's outside of the faith, outside of the church, uh, and, and quickly as possible to move them into insider status. But you know, what was what was interesting in the in the process of of writing the book is there was a lot of a lot of things that just kind of came up where it, 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 our role as uh, pastors and church leaders is not just about bringing people in, but it's about sending ourselves out and making sure that we are being the church uh, when we're not inside the four walls of a building uh, and that we're really doing doing a good job of that out in our community as well and, and viewing people as just as much a part of our mission when we're in our community as we do when we're in our pews on, on Sunday morning. So there's a couple of sections uh, in the book that, that pop out, you know, when uh, hospitality meets hostility or the sermon starts in the parking lot and uh, when comfort crumbles in our defense, you know, we have, we have entitlement issues, we have desired convenience issues. Today we're experiencing the virtual experience, and so we're not gathering on campuses in many uh, locations, uh, you know, as of today. So how is it that people can incorporate a guest services mindset as we emerge back into a culture? And how do we help people feel mobilized to take that to the grocery store parking lot, to the retail lot? Because now, you know, we're standing out outside waiting to get in or we're in a line or varying degrees of people's opinions and views of uh, legalities or issues. So what is any thought to what that looks like to now be guest services not that we shouldn't have already been, but intentionally doing that now that we're mobilized the church into a new location. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I, I think back uh, several weeks ago uh, now to what was it the week of uh, or the weekend of around March 13, 14, 15, when it, it just seemed like everything uh, began to shut down uh, globally, um, or, or at least as Americans, we kind of caught up with everybody, and there was. There was a sense at that point where we really were, for the first time in in, in history, we were really all kind of um, finding this common ground around uh, our our whole shared experience. And so, with that with that fear of the unknown, I feel like brought a lot of a lot of uh, just just this sense of community. Um, with people where we were, we were giving a lot of grace uh, to people who were who were scared. We were uh, we were coming together with people that we may not normally agree with. Well, as as humans have a tendency to do, uh, it just took us a few weeks to get beyond that, and uh, we, yeah. we quickly figured out a way uh, to become very polarized again. And, and so now, you know, fast forward a few weeks, you see. Uh, viral videos of, of people who are accosting a, a Costco employee because they don't want to wear uh, a mask and feel like that it's infringing on their American right of freedom. You know, to be to be forced to wear a mask. You you, you see people who are uh, wildly differing in the amount of time that it's taking to reopen society and to and to get back to work and all of those sort of things. And and we have um, found ourselves once again in this deeply, deeply divided society where, yeah, we, we had a few weeks where it seemed like we were kind of all on the same team and now we're back in our corners uh, and we're, and we're, you know, throwing punches again. Um, So I think that there is room. I know that there is room for the church to really be the church. And, and it doesn't, you know, yes, it can be in really big ways, but I think there are some really small ways as well uh, that we can find to, carry this idea of, of caring for people 
um, out into the community as communities begin to kind of come back out in the open again. Yeah, I think, um, you know, it's, as you said, I think it's become another way to identify uh, us versus them and and uh, people are, are, are doing that for all kinds of reasons. In some way, it provides um, maybe some comfort uh, or uh, some control. But, but you're right. It has created – it's just a whole other area of, of tension and divide between people. Uh, my, my sister-in-law, they have an experience just over last weekend of, of being heckled uh, outside uh, exercising at a park, just walking by people with masks on. Um, and they were um, the object of, of ridicule uh, for, for wearing a mask. And um, so I, I'm, I'm very interested in, in what it looks like for us, uh, what the church, the call on the church during this time about still breaking down these walls, of still, you know, considering others above ourselves, of, you know, even, even we've been going through um, at our house, uh, 1 Corinthians 13, you know, this, this love chapter that became about weddings somehow, but, uh, but how do we still live that? Love is patient, love is kind, it isn't easily provoked. How do we live that in our interactions with other people who may see some of these issues in areas different than we do, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of that, it, it starts with realizing this this concept that is, you know, as old as the book of Genesis, this concept of, of Imago Dei, that we are all uh, created in the image of God. That doesn't mean that um, everyone is a, is a lover of God, a follower of Jesus, uh, but that means that, that we've been created in His image. And I, I find it fascinating that we're still surprised that not everybody thinks the way that we do. Uh, not everybody lines up with us politically. Not everybody raises. Oh, their now come on, come way. on. Not every, yeah, I know. <laughs> and, 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 it, and, and we've just we have made an absolute um, sport out of just getting offended over the smallest, tiniest things that really don't matter. And so, if we if we start with the offense, certainly. Uh, that's going to be a problem for us uh, if, if we are expecting everybody to think about things the way that we think about it. But if we start with people as image bearers of God, and that becomes the filter uh, through which we view them, then that allows us to be able to uh, treat them in a way uh, that is that is kind, uh, treat them in a way that uh, reflects the gospel, um, and, and treat them in such a way not because we're trying to uh, make them more like us, but because we're trying to reflect more of Jesus to them. And, and I think that that is something that there's just, there's so much room for that, uh, today. And I, and I think we can do that in a, in a thousand different tiny ways, uh, as we are getting back into society. And as we're just, you know, we're, we're still, we're emerging into, uh, a situation where people are still, still scared. They're still fearful. They're still uh, very anxious about what these next few weeks and months and, and maybe even years uh, holds for us uh, in terms of health and in terms of the economy and in terms of just getting back to whatever normal uh, might be. Well, I like that answer for two reasons because it was – I think you're right about that. Um, but I love the fact that you use the term sport, and that's a, a word I don't hear much from you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, you were you were talking about your 1954 cap in the intro. And I, I have no category for. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, well, I'm well played, son. Well played. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so really, this idea of gospel center hostility really 
while we can coin it that and say it that and apply it to that and write a good Sunday school lesson about it, that really doesn't exist. Yeah, it, it doesn't. You know, and I, I talked about that a little bit in the book that uh, we we use this, or maybe not as much now, but you know, at the time the book came out, there was there was this real. Um, sense that everything kind of had a gospel-centered spin to it, right? You could have, you know, you had your gospel-centered publishing companies and gospel-centered coffee houses and gospel-centered <laughs> curriculum and gospel-centered, you know, breath mints and all, all of these, uh, all of these sort of things. But um, the, the one thing that you never see uh, in, in Scripture is gospel-centered hostility, right? There, there's no room for people to have this, uh, this uh, sense of always being angry and always being offended uh, because the gospel takes our um, our anger and our self-righteousness and our sense of I'm right and you're wrong, and it crucifies it along with all of the other sins uh, in our life. Jesus doesn't try to redeem our hostility. He, he, gets, he gets rid of our hostility um, towards other people. And so I think that when we, you know, when we try to become a parent to the entire world um, and, and we try to make everyone march along the same persuasions that we have, again, that oftentimes don't really have anything to do with what Scripture is, is calling us to because they fall outside of the realms and fall into more of, you know, maybe a, a political arena or just a, a, a personal preference or whatever. Um, I think that's that's a problem. You know, uh, Greg, you were mentioning uh, earlier our, our earlier life and how we began to uh, uh, become friends. And, and during that time, I was in a uh, I was in a, a secular job where I worked with a lady who was a bona fide Christian. I mean, like super Christian. Um, but she also had a tendency to be a little bit um, preachy in this very, very secular company that I, I worked for, um, and, and not preachy in a loving way, like preachy in a, in a holier-than-thou way. And, and one time she told me, she said, you know, I think that people, um, I think that people are just persecuting me because I'm a Christian. And I didn't say this, but I definitely thought it and may have had to repent of it later. And I said, no, no, they're not persecuting you because you're a Christian. They're persecuting you because you're kind of a jerk, and uh, there, there's, a, there's a difference between uh, those two things. And so I, I don't think the Bible calls us to be a jerk in the middle of standing for truth and standing uh, for Scripture. Uh, but I think I think we are called to go out on behalf of those people that are the image bearers of God and to try to find common ground with them in how we can love them and how we can serve them. Yeah, that's um, the practical application uh, process that we all have to work through. And uh, I guess it's a little bit of—, of humility and recognizing what's been given to us in order to give to yeah. others. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think, yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you just think about when in a typical day, when we are in the middle of this, in the middle of this pandemic and you go, you know, you go out for your essential services, you go to the grocery store or whatever, and you meet a, uh, somebody who is standing at the door and their one job is to control uh, access to the store um, maybe to wipe down the the handles of a grocery cart, sanitize those or whatever. Um, they're you know may maybe making minimum wage or at least you know, making a, a pretty low uh, income there, and yet they are the gatekeeper 
for every single person who is just trying to get in the door and get their groceries that day. And you, you just imagine what it is that they have faced that day. Um, they, they are facing down people who are screaming at them um, over a corporate policy that they have nothing to do with. They just have to enforce it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think for us, if we believe in this concept of priesthood as a believer, then we have to look at our community as our congregation. And, and, and we have to be able to um, look for those opportunities just to give a kind word, to say thank you, uh, to say, hey, it's really obvious that you guys have thought through this really well. Thanks for everything that you're doing to keep our community safe and to keep us fed. And, and I think that goes a long way. Um, it, no, it doesn't necessarily offset the 25 negative comments that they got that day. Um, but but I feel like that those can have uh, a long-lasting impact and, and might might clear the way for, you know, a deeper conversation with them about um, about spiritual things. And just um, and so we've, we've just got to be able to ask that question, how can we own this situation? Um, how can we be the best ambassadors for the gospel in our community uh, as we possibly can be in the middle of this situation? Yeah, I think um, there have been several instances during this time where, uh, because of these new practices, it has revealed in me just how uh, self-focused I can be Mm -hmm. and how Mm -hmm. much I protect my own comfort uh, at all costs. And so I think for many of us, this, I mean, nothing's off the table when it comes to God shaping and forming us. And I think we're seeing this happen, or at least I'm seeing this happen even in my life, um, where it, just revealing some things um, and, and reminding me that uh, what it looks like to, to live uh, for the other, you know, and uh, to, to honor others even above myself. Um, it's a challenge. I mean, it's a challenge um, for, for all of us, I think, um, but worthwhile too. Yeah, I think that. I mean, it's same kind of the same thing with me. It's more of <clears throat> kind of God's been teaching me this mindfulness and awareness of the condition of people around me. And I think when we talk about just this innate, um, I, just because I may get anxious or I may get inconvenienced doesn't give me the right um, to <laughs> to take advantage of others or to perhaps yeah. compromise that relationship. And so it's a matter of it's about this awareness that people are in the same boat that I am. And how can I practice grace? Um, how can I be, how can I be that, that example? And I think even if you go through um, like first John and some of these others, this abidingness and what that looks like, but it's always centered on love and how do we love and practice that for others? And I think if I can quit thinking about myself <laughs> and start thinking about others, that there put it puts myself in a position to be able to ask that question: How can I do this for somebody else? Um, but until I get out of my skin and out of myself, it's like I can't. I can't do that. The two spiritual yeah. disciplines that I think are are very difficult, and just you have to uh, discipline yourselves to do them. Is number one, practice living in the presence that you're, you're knowledgeable yeah. all the time of the presence. Yeah of God in your life. And the second most difficult is to see others as they were created. And that goes back to what, you know, Danny yeah, talked about. Uh, and that changes because when I'm practicing the presence, I, I'm in realization of who I really am. Uh, and then when I'm seeing people and others, I'm all, I'm always seeing what or who they can be or become or where they are, you know, kind mm-hmm. of thing. So good, good conversation on that. I do want to uh, shift it just a tad bit. And Danny just ask you in terms of, 
on campus and the idea of reopen, what, what does that look like for engaging? I think what we're seeing is, you know, three different audiences, the people that, you know, I'm, I'm fully back and I'm coming right away, or <laughs> I'm going to wait for the vaccine people group, or I'm unsure people group. And so uh, for you, uh, you, you know, you oversee multiple campuses in that area. And, um, you know, we have our campus here and these conversations are happening in each state, but they're at, uh, happening different based on scenarios. So what are, what are thoughts and practices of, how do we uh, engage people as three different people groups out there and coming back to campuses? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, you mentioned that, and I think that's certainly what, as I'm talking to other other ministry uh, friends, you know, they, they're seeing those same things in, in their church. They're seeing those three groups of people. And the challenge is, as leaders, we're shepherding all three. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so we are having to uh, take into consideration the, uh, the needs, the wants, the desires, the fears, the anxieties of, of all of these, and recognize that um, regardless of what we do, there's there's going to be a portion of our congregation that's going to be unhappy with the decision uh, that we make. Uh, but I think even in that— Never, we never. They're never upset with the decision you make. Right? Exactly. That's not how that church is. This. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean yeah. to correct you. you got to make light of it. But right? I think— Yes, but I but I think that there is there's an opportunity even in that in that to be able to um, go back to uh, why we're doing what we're doing. You know, we 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 talk about a lot on our guest services team that our our why is always going to be more important than our what. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've used that in years past to talk about their you know our volunteers' job descriptions. That their job description is is probably going to change by the week and sometimes by the moment. Uh, depending on on what's going on, but but why they are doing that job, why they're standing in a parking lot, why they're standing in an auditorium, uh, seating people, why they're you know serving a cup of coffee, that never changes. That that is always so that we can uh, again eliminate barriers that would keep people from being able to clearly hear the gospel. Well, I think going into into this season of of reopening, uh, that statement is more important than ever before. You know, all of our volunteers at, at all of our churches, their jobs are going to change in some way. Um, there is going to be something that they are going to have to do that is going to be incredibly different. That, you know, that dear, sweet 85-year-old usher who has been standing at that door passing out those church bulletins since time began, um, <laughs> he may not be able to pass out church bulletins for a while because you're you're trying to create a touch-free service. And, and so you've got to remind him that even though it's what is incredibly different. Um, his why remains the same. And so mm-hmm. I think that we, uh, you, you asked about how, how do we shepherd our congregation. I think it begins by shepherding our leaders um, and our volunteers to make sure that they they know the win. They, they know what it is that we're trying to do. But but I think beyond that, you know, when you, when you talk about greeting people, uh, when handshakes and hugs and high fives are off the table, uh, when you talk about greeting people, when you might have volunteers behind a mask and they can't really tell if you're smiling or not, um, I, I think that we have to, we, we are going to have to reimagine all of uh, what we do to, to help our community know that we want to, yes, we want to keep you safe. That That's, that's certainly at the forefront. Um, but we also want to, we also want to keep you welcome. We want you to, to feel welcomed. And even with all of these barriers that are here for a time or for a season, um, we, we still want you to be able to just feel like we have cared for you. We've thought about this experience for you. Um, we're ready for you. We love you. 
and and we can't wait for you to come back and, and be with us again. Yeah, those are um, certainly conversations that uh, we're all we're all having in that process, and you know, helping people really understand our why's not just about our volunteer action or our professional action, but it is the deeper action of the of the believer. Why? Yeah, and I, I really appreciate that, Danny, because I think in, in our process of trying to. Um, do all the tactical pieces of what opening looks like for us um, in a few weeks when we do that. Um, I, I was thinking through my mind about all the tactical, the, the how pieces, I mean, all that kind of stuff um, that we have listed on our, and I said, you know what, we need to insert this paragraph on the why um, in our material so that even though we're doing this, this is the why. And so um, I really appreciate that, man. Uh, so I'll send you a copy of the paragraph when we do it. <laughs> a signed version. Your influence, your influence. Uh, episode on. number 10, I see it in a That's black right. office match frame on your wall that uh, your friends in Nashville will just gleam over. If you need somebody to write a forward to that paragraph. There you go. There you go. Okay. We got you. We got you. Now we're talking. Well, uh, I mean, I think we could talk, uh, you know, episode 11, 12 and 13 on some of these conversations, but I really do appreciate you taking the, the time out today just to dive in a little bit and just allow us to start thinking about our why thinking about our relationships, thinking about our purposes and, and how we do that on and off campuses. So uh, thank you very much uh, for joining us today. Sure thing, guys. Appreciate you having me. Absolutely. Right. Thank you. We'll see you. Yeah. So just a couple of thoughts wrapping up. You know, things that hit me uh, was the idea when he made the statement, community as our congregation, seeing yeah. our community as yeah. our congregation. That was, that, that, was, that was good. Yeah. yeah. Very yeah. powerful. Yeah. Uh, and then the second one is, is always a, a solid reminder was, Start with people as image bearers of God. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. and so if, how, how do we, you know, think, let's think this week. How do you relate that my community is my congregation? And it's full of people who are created to be image bearers yeah. mm-hmm. of God. So really good, good thoughts on yeah. that. Yeah. Simple things. I mean, sometimes uh, loving, loving others looks like wearing a mask. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. you know what I mean. Like, yeah. like I said, I'm going wow. that side hustle, man. I'm doing the yeah. smile for yeah, the mask. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's what we're Ab- doing. Absolutely. So we're gonna make absolutely. a whole bunch of. Them, so. Can we airbrush those? I'm gonna get. I'm gonna give a magic marker. <laughs> hey, it's summertime. Draw some like, with teeth and some yeah. without. <laughs> airbrush bubble writing on the side. You know how it is yeah. when we got those T-shirts at the old amusement park. That's right. Reimagine yeah. podcast. Mask. So yeah. yeah. So a really great episode on people are the mission and how yep. do we interact uh, with them on and off campuses so thanks so much for joining us on the reimagine podcast as always we invite you and you can follow us on itunes spotify or overcast and download any of the episodes and rate them for bread and brian i'm greg thanks for listening to the reimagine podcast <laughs>